Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. It's true. He's Tristan. I'm Eric. Tarika Foster produces today's fine show. It's Tuesday, September 3rd, 2019. Hope everyone enjoyed a safe, happy Labor Day weekend. Our friends in the South, please be safe with that storm. Tristan, how are you today? Doing well. You know, I can't believe it's only 27 more days to this wonderful, wondrous fantasy baseball season. So it's the it's the important time. It's it's weird, Tristan. I have a league or two where I want the season to end today. <laughs> and I then, could imagine. Yeah. And I have a league or two where I need time to like catch up. I need a few things to happen. It's like, and then fantasy football obviously starts this week officially. So it's it's a big month on the calendar. Um, I love it, and uh, we're going to be here with you on our podcast. For four more weeks uh, until the final, until September ends. That's when we will be doing Fantasy Focus Baseball. Our next show will be Thursday. Uh, on today's fine show, we'll recap the news and notes from the weekend, uh, discuss important fantasy matters for this week, like the promoted prospects. Will they play? Pitchers to watch. And myriad hash browns. But first up, it's the buzz. All right. Uh, we'll get to the prospects in a sec. Uh, Justin Verlander, another no-hitter, a third of his career. And second in Toronto. And what amazes me here is that he's just getting better, Tristan. His numbers are unbelievable. He could finish with the greatest whip in history. Like the Pedro Martinez season that we all talk about. What year was that? It was I don't remember off the top of my head. Which I think exact... it was nine, 99. It was late 90s, right? Um, that season was unreal. And Verlander, despite the home runs, he's having like a, a monster year for whip strikeouts, everything, another no-hitter. Right now, I'd say he's my number one starting pitcher for 2020. Definitely a Hall of Famer. Your thoughts? I'd have a hard time disagreeing with that. I pointed out that he was part of the four-man top tier for me next season, but when it comes down to rankings, it's certainly a compelling case that can be made for him, despite him being up there in years, age-wise. I mean, it shouldn't be a criticism of him. I mean, it's been an extraordinary year. You pointed out, he's giving up all these home runs, but the whip is that good. 0.772 and the Pedro Martinez year that has the record, it actually was 2,000. It was 0.737. So he's just uh, a little bit less than four full hundredths of a percentage point behind that record. I mean, that's pretty incredible in a year like this with the baseball as it is. It's remarkable. Pedro that season had a 174 ERA. Verlander won't get there. But um, Pedro was also 28. He had a, wow, yeah, you know what, because I'm looking at the FIP numbers for him. It's weird that his FIP is a little bit higher. He had a 139 FIP year. I mean, that's, it, that was imagine, the year yeah. yeah, imagine how crazy Pedro was from 99 to 2000, and Verlander is making a case for a year that has that much impact. <laughs> it's incredible what he's doing. Um, he's the number one pitcher for the season, number one over the past 30 days, seven days, you name it. Other pitchers that have done well over the past week, Carlos Martinez, the closer for the Cardinals, got a win in there, going more than three outs. He's looked good of late. Michael Pineda, Anthony DiSclefani, who didn't look so good against the Phillies, uh, I think it was yesterday, actually. But it was like just some home runs and nothing else. He's getting strikeouts. Ian Kennedy's on this list. Bunch of closers. Melanson, 
Miles Michaelis is on the list for the last week. Not good outing out of him. Um, one thing with that is I wonder whether the additional volume for the Cardinals having played those multiple double headers has something to do with their better player rater numbers. But still, I mean, they have All been fair. playing very well. Yeah, and over the past 30 days, Verlander is the number one starter. Sonny Gray is number two. How about that? He's been amazing. He's had an unbelievable second half, Sonny Gray has. Do you buy into the fact that he just needed to escape New York, or was it going to happen anyway? I, I believed in that to a degree. They're nowhere near what the numbers have told us this season, but he did go – He did, remember, he, he moved back to a, the, the pitching coach that had the college ties to him, so it's kind of a, fami- a familiarity situation. I do think he's going to regress a little bit next year, uh, but, yeah, you know, change of scenery. It is a good change of scenery story. So I'm clicking around. Number one hitter on the player writer for the past seven days and past 30 days, Jonathan VR of Baltimore. Stolen bases, mm-hmm. but a lot of stuff. He's doing a lot of things here. I mean, he basically has a Kuna numbers over the past month. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I saw, I watched Aristides Aquino homer again yesterday for the Reds. Uh, it's weird. I have him in a league where I need him to do it. And then in another league, I need him to stop doing it <laughs> because <laughs> the RBI are going to decide that league, I think. And Aquino is just going off here. And I couldn't help but notice, you know, Aquino had like 31 RBI in August and Votto has like 40 for the season. It just, it, I can't, <laughs> if I didn't have Votto on an important team, it wouldn't bother me so much. And then the thing about Aquino is like, like we're, I don't know what to do with him next season. Like he's obviously going to keep doing this the rest of September. Keep hitting his home runs. Uh, he's not really doing much else, but that doesn't, he doesn't need to do much else. I, I don't see how I could give Aquino top 20 outfielder status next year, but if he ends up with, like, how many home runs does he have? The numbers are incredible. I, let me just make sure I don't want to get it wrong here, but he's, he has 112 at bats and he's got 15 home runs. Right. And, and the other thing too is he owns the record all time for through a player's X number of games. I think for Reese for, Hoskins, yeah. yeah, somewhere between like six and eight different game numbers that fit that criteria, and I believe he he currently holds the record for the number of games that he has in his major league career. So it's one of those unreal starts. Now, by the way, we've got to point out with the baseball the way it is, and it was this way for the past couple of years that most of the players who are high on that list are recent performers, as you mentioned, Reese Hoskins, Gary Sanchez shows up quite a few times, Trevor Story shows up on quite a few of those lists. So. But none of those guys are a comp for Aquino. Like I, right, mean, right. Like we know that things are different. I'm going to stop talking about the baseballs. It's angering people, and they're and they're getting at me. The point is, it is different. So we can't compare him to Gary Sanchez or Reese Hoskins. I don't think it's fair. I don't know who to compare him to, frankly. The, the baseballs, by the way. The did you see the Carlos Santana home run yesterday? The highlight on that one. <laughs> Yeah, That's the baseball. Yeah, I mean, come on. I'm I watching mean, that, and I'm like, that That looks like a blue liner into the right field alley for a double, and it just kept floating on out there out of the park. So to me, that's that's what I'm seeing that's very different. But you're right. Aquino's no comp for these players. I'm, I'm not sure what to make of him either. I agree with you. I don't think he's a top-20 outfielder, but the problem is that he's been so good so, fu- uh, so far, we have to consider him draftable. And I'd have to say he's... Oh, he's definitely draftable. Well, I, yeah, but is he is he a draftable player in the first half of your draft in mixed leagues where he's locked into your roster? Him versus Nicholas Castellanos next season. Castellanos. Yeah, I agree. Him versus um, Michael Conforto. Uh, Conforto. Um, but we're getting closer. Jordan Alvarez? No, I want Alvarez. Alvarez already. I mean, it can't be. It's got to be just a power. Marcelo Zuna. Ozuna. Ozuna's been amazing lately. Uh, Michael Brantley, no. I mean, like Kyle Schwarber? 
Yeah, I think that's about where he belongs. Schorber is very rooted like around in home 13. Runs. I mean, that's kind of where Aquino belongs, right? And even then, I could make the case that Schorber doesn't belong in round 13. He belongs in round 20. So uh, I think he belongs in that variable group that's clearly drafted, but All right. not an investment piece. Speaking of rookies, uh, we saw a couple debut on Monday. Gavin Lux of the Dodgers, Kyle Tucker of the Astros. Lux had a big game. He looks like he's amazing right away. Single and a double. And uh, flying around the bases, he'll play second base, one presumes, for this team. Although, you know, how many games will he play in September? Kyle Tucker was a pinch hitter on Monday. Uh, which one of these guys will be more valuable in fantasy in September, or will neither? Lux. Um, I, I think if he performs like he did in his Major League debut, and by the way, the scouts had been raving about him. They said that they liked him better at the time of his debut than a lot of the other Dodgers prospects who have already come up since uh, I think he's going to force his way into that everyday lineup. As you said, second base is a path for him. Right now, I see him playing every other day. But if he hits like that, he's going to be an impact fantasy player. But Gavin Lux will not be on the Dodgers uh, postseason roster. They made sure of that by when they called right. him up. Right. So there's no speculation, no discussion. Um, I almost wonder why would you play him every day? You need to get other people ready. Like Muncy's, Max Muncy will be coming back from a a wrist fracture. He has to play to get him ready for October, and they're probably going to use him in the playoffs at second base. So mm-hmm. I think Lux will play more than Tucker. I don't know if the Astros can get Tucker into the lineup. They're not comfortable playing him at first base. They want the best record over the Yankees. That's cool. That's good for fantasy that the Yankees and Astros are trying so hard to get, and the Dodgers too, because the World Series, to get the best record. Um, but overall here, I don't know how much Tucker plays. And he was a 30-30 guy in the minors, so that, that would be a fantasy monster if he could do that in the majors. But mm-hmm. time will tell. Uh, I don't expect anyone else to get called up that could matter. It's really nobody for saves. Um, starting pitchers, I don't see anybody. The A's on Lazardo. I haven't seen yeah. an update. Uh, the Lazardo one is he is pitching one of the playoff games in AAA. Uh, it's either today or tomorrow. And then after that, they might uh, consider calling him up. But I think he'd probably be more of a reliever. The A's right now are in a six-man rotation situation. Sean Maniah looked very good in that Sunday game against the Yankees. He did. Uh, and we're rooting, we're rooting for players to come back from injury as well. Yep. Um, what else? Oh, we- oh the, the, the two players, the Blue Jays, they're calling up uh, TJ Zoik. Ooh, okay. He will pitch today as the bulk reliever uh, behind Wilmer Font, and they have a second name. They were oh, uh, Anthony Kay, who was picked up in the um, the Marcus Stroman trade. Uh, right. Um, and we should note on the Dodgers also, Dustin May got hit by by a line drive on his well padded head. That hair had to help. Um, but I dropped him in an NL only because he's not starting. And he wasn't pitching all that well in relief anyway. And I picked up Tony Gonsolin. We'll see how that goes. I don't know how many starts he's going to get either. Mm-hmm. Um, Jock Peterson, who had two homers and a double, he was on his way to like a historic game. The Rockies have no pitching. And um, then he runs it to the wall there. Like Jock Peterson, that, du- that double he hit just missed being a home run. His third, he would have had three home runs and six, and six RBI after like four innings. And then he ran it to the wall. Um, left the game. It does not look like a serious injury. Not that you can change your lineups anyway. I keep thinking today's Monday. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like that's the thing. I'm I'm, I'm thinking about changing my lineups. It was a, It felt it's like Tuesday. a Sunday yesterday. <laughs> well, yeah, because we nobody was working. Well, we were. But um, I'll and then today this. doing a show on Tuesday instead of Monday. Right. I'll ask you this about the Dodgers because I think it's relevant to both you and me and and in our, our contested fantasy leagues, the Dodgers rotation strategy right no now. I'm very curious. Yeah. I mean, Orius is going today. Maeda is in the bullpen. Yeah. Four, I need Gonsolin. Weird. Yeah. I mean, Maeda is clearly not starting. I think Rich Hill will be stripling. They want to be, but also they're going to play around with innings this month. 
So, like, they're not going to – like, Rich Hill could get three innings in his next start. Uh, you know, Gonsolin could could be held back. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's risky relying on any of these guys, to be honest. Yeah, it's almost to me like for these next two Except weeks – Except for not you the, and not the final two is that they're going to go with the three guys. Yeah, the, the, the big three and Bueller, yeah. who was terrible yesterday. And Bueller and uh, Ryu. And, well, no. Um, Kershaw, Bueller, and Ryu are the big three. Are the big three, yes. And then the other two ones are going to be not a traditional opener situation, but almost like doubling up three inning guys. The old uh, Tony Larusa 93 A's thing. If you've got Bueller. You got to be watching that game, thinking just get through the fifth inning and get me a win because they're going to win the game. <laughs> it's ten to six. Yeah. If that game was six six, Bueller would have been pulled in the fourth inning. It's at, at, like basically Dave Roberts managed to the win rule. Now he can do that. They have a twenty game lead in their division. They're not going to be threatened there. But basically, he managed to a win rule there, mm-hmm. which is why I don't like the win rule <laughs> because right. he should have been out of the game. Now he gets the win, and the ball was just flying, and uh, in particular that night, last night, it's just. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, twins set the record for home runs in a season. If you need home runs, Edwin Encarnacion is back. Um, best thing of the weekend, Carlos Carrasco pitched on Sunday. And great to see the road crowd give him a standing ovation. I love that. Um, he gave up a run, but who cares? That was just fun. Um, final thing, uh, Vampire, you just barely missing the playoffs, right? Uh, make, make, making the playoffs. And a point save by, like, what, like a home run and you would have made the playoffs? No, no. Um, it was uh, I was tied at eleven and ten with two other teams for the third best record in the league. So not one of the two division winners, and unfortunately lost out on the three team head to head tiebreaker. Oh, so close. Yep. Um, <laughs> I gave it a run. I you gave did, it a run. You did great, <laughs> considering that neither of us had any draft picks, and you still nearly made it. I didn't come close. Congrats to from my league, Ben Thompson, Ed M. Bristol's finest, Sean Rosales, and the team of Edward Hebb and Josh North fighting it out in the playoffs. Tom Laska missed in the last day. Um, oh, sorry for about that. But um, still, good playoffs there in my league, and um, we'll see league, what happens. The two guys who won, we have the Coffee for Clovers. It is on team, which I believe is Sven's. Uh, let's see. That would be uh, Sven Peterson. And the other is the Crescent City River Monsters, which are managed by Cam Hopman. So they are the one and twos, and then we have two more who made the playoffs in there. Uh, the New York Boobs, who were managed by uh, Mark Rothschild, and the Drew Crew, who also got in there on the tiebreaker, Drew Shaner. All right, hiring is challenging, but there's one place where you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. And that place, of course, is ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabelle. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over a 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there! With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the very first day. And right now, listeners to this fine show can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash K-A-R-A-B-E-L-L. ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Now it's time for the Combo Meals. Hey, it's a Combo Meal! amazing sometimes we'll have like 10 of them in between shows and this time this time with an extra day we had only two bryce harper did it on saturday and matt Beatty of the dodgers 
did it on Monday in that wild game. Harper's on pace for 36 homers, 118 RBI, 11 stolen bases, 100 runs. Uh, that's a pretty good season, people. Always oh, such a disappointment. <laughs> uh, I say that sarcastically. I don't mean that at all. People who are listening, I I was wrong about what I said on the last show about Harper. I, I he's playing better of late. Is he's never going to win a batting title? Well, he almost did, or didn't he? Did he win a batting title that year? That he was awesome. He I, don't I don't think, think he, he won it, but he came close. close. Anyway, I mean, he's got as many steals as Mike Trout. How can we rip on the guy? I'm just whatever. Round three. Round three for Harper? Probably. I could see him sneaking into the second, but probably three. All right, now time for a closer carousel. The Closer Carousel. All right, I wrote in my uh, blog today that nobody's reading because it's football season about Emilio Pagan, who was the uh, top closer in August for fantasy. 21 strikeouts, an area walk, eight saves. He entered the month with eight saves, and now, of course, he has double that. And amazing, where his career path, he's 28 years old, didn't even make the raise out of spring training, gets called up in mid-April, had that three-game stretch where he got three saves, then he didn't get another one until mid-June. What a weird season for Pagan. But a reminder, you can find saves sitting there on free agency because Pagan's getting them, Ian Kennedy's still available, 14 straight save conversions, Archie Bradley, six for six in saves, and a win in his past seven appearances. Can't do much better than that. Mark Melanson's been dominant over the past week or so. Um, there are saves out there, right? I mean, it's pretty easy to find them, and they're still out there if you want them for your fantasy playoffs and head-to-head, or if you need a little boost in Roto. Um, other let's news... Not, let's not call it too easy, though. It's pretty easy in ESPN Standard. Now, in, in our leagues that we play, industry leagues, you it's know, with trippy, experts, yeah. you're not getting saves. Although, like, Seth Lugo was still there in NL Labor this week. Uh, I could have bid on it. I did bid on him. That's um, unusual. I'm a little surprised he was out I didn't there need him. I, I'm going to win saves in that league. I'm up eight with three weeks to go. By the um, way, Pagan, to sing a little more of his praises, fantastic. Did you notice what, do you notice what Nick Anderson's doing behind him? Oh, yeah. I wrote about that the week before. Yeah, oh, wait. I I'm, probably shouldn't have written about Rays relievers in back-to-back weeks. Right, but, the, but it's worth talking about them because what's extraordinary to me is that this is a matchups-oriented bullpen traditionally, and the guy they called up just to give rest to Diego Castillo and Jose Alvarado earlier in the year, that's the only reason they brought him into the saves yeah. job in the first place. Nick Anderson behind him, you'd think, would be getting some matchups-driven saves. 077 ERA, he has 22 Ks and zero walks in 11 and two-thirds innings as a Ray. <laughs> Fantastic. And yeah, and, and he's great for the ratios, but I'm a little surprised. It speaks to Pagan's locked-in sta- uh, status. Yeah, Tampa going with just one guy, which is a little bit unlike the, this regime. Um, Sean Doolittle's off the DL for Washington. You realize they didn't have a save when he, since he went on the DL, and they won. They were like eleven and three without Doolittle. I don't know if I would pick. Like if you, if John Doolittle is sitting there on free agency in your league, I think I'd rather have Ian Kennedy, Archie Bradley, Emilio Pagan, and Mark Melanson right now, wouldn't you? They don't get save I'd chances feel in Washington. Better. I'd feel better. Well, it's two things. It's Doolittle's health. I don't buy that at and, all. I don't. I don't buy that kind of thing at all because we could have said that about Kansas City at any given time. No, but that's different, period. Tristan. They don't. Kansas City doesn't score enough runs. Washington and the Yankees and Houston are scoring so many runs. Like you, you would think there'd be more save chances, but there isn't. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't think of Washington as this dominant offense that's going to score ten runs. It is the top of that lineup is fantastic. I just, I don't see that. 
it, it, it's mathematically impossible for teams to score 10 runs a game. In of course, season. they're not doing exactly. I'm just saying, like, I don't trust Doolittle these final four weeks. I don't trust any Rockies in the bullpen. Ignore that bullpen. I'm more concerned bullpen. about him. His, I'm more concerned about his nature. When he's not his right self, he is an extreme fly ball pitcher. That's a they bad all thing are. to be. All no, these closers, not. almost no, all. Not. Tristan, other than Mark Melanson, how many, and, do, and uh, Britton, who's not really a closer, most of these closers are two pitch guys. It's either a strikeout or a fly ball. And these fly, look at Kimbrell. These fly balls are all going over the fence for these guys. Razo Iglesias allowed a double digit homers for like the third consecutive year. He's two and 11 because of these home runs. Like, that's what these closers the are doing. I'm talking about the style of the guy. The guy's got a 24.8% ground ball rate. That is an outrageously extreme fly ball pitcher. And there isn't a comp for that. Well, there is Josh Hader, who's got 22% ground ball rate. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm just Josh saying, Hader's it's really story. risky. The closers have <laughs> I see to what you mean. Yeah, Fred yeah, Kimber yeah. refuses to change the way he pitches, okay? And he's still giving up home runs, like every right. uh, other outing. Now he's walking people, too. I just – Kimbrell and Kenley Jansen will not be my top five closers next year. They really shouldn't be there. And I can't find the rest of my top five after Hader, Yates, and um, and Chapman. Like I'm like, who's the number four closer next year? It can't be either of them. It can't. Oh, jeez. Yeah. If I only had my ranks open to give you the th- – I know there's got to be – Felipe Vasquez? Vasquez. That's who it was. And and part of the Vasquez thing, to people who are questioning his, his, his never getting a save chance because they don't score runs at all for him except for the past week, That's is true. they could trade him. They could. It's bad luck that he isn't getting saves. I, I guess you could say it's bad luck that Washington hasn't had a save in two weeks, but I just view those situations differently. Like, I'm scared Vasquez of Doolittle. I'm not Kennedy. scared of Washington's offense. I'm scared of Doolittle. I'm scared of the injury history. I am too. I, and, and I, so I agree with you. I, Washington's bullpen is now terrifying. Let's look at the schedule here for the next couple of days. ESPN Plus on Tuesday has Zach Greinke and Jordan Lyles, and you might say, oh, that's, that's one-sided. Jordan Lyles is pitching really well. Yeah. Uh, he's a guy you need to pick up. Now, I don't like him for this outing against Houston because it's a dominant offense. See what Bregman's been doing lately? Or Alvarez yeah. is a monster. And he, <laughs> he can't play the outfield. He's not a good outfielder, but he can play. The, he's not going to end up with outfield eligibility for next year, though. But anyway, Jordan Lyles, if you want to pick him up for this outing, I don't think that's that bad of an idea. Um, uh, Astros, you'll play him here? It's home in Milwaukee. It's a homer-friendly ballpark, and it's Houston. And I'll give you this. The second start this week is going to come in that series against the Cubs. I have no idea what to make of that team, really. Yeah, and I'm I'm going heavy on the Cubs for this weekend series, despite it being road and their horrible road record this year. I uh, yeah, I other pitchers today do not want Orius uh, even against the Rockies. I don't know if he's going five innings. I doubt he is. Mike Fires might still be available in your league. He's facing the Angels. Uh, Mike Montgomery against Detroit. That's a solid streamer there. Detroit's terrible. Um, Rather have the righty against the Tigers, but I'm with you on Montgomery here. I, just Detroit is a, an automatic streaming option. Sandy Alcantara at Pittsburgh. Mitch Keller. Keller, I don't know what to make of him. He's all he's all or nothing. It's, that's really risky in fantasy this time of Best year. Best matchup he can ask, though. Home against Miami. Yep, fantastic matchup there. But I just don't trust Mitch Keller. I think I'd, I'd rather use Alcantara for that one. Oh, Adam Simokas is pitching today. You don't want him in fantasy. It's just nice to see him. Eddie is starting this game. Um, and then nobody's apparently starting for Baltimore and Tampa on our schedule. Um, Wednesday. Um, <laughs> yeah, Baltimore is not announced and Tampa Bay is probably going. I believe that's the Jalen Beeks follower game. They haven't, they just haven't announced the opening guy. Uh, Wednesday schedule. They do start early one o'clock in Washington. Annabelle Sanchez against the Mets. Not the best matchup, I suppose. Robbie Cano is coming back for the Mets. Do you care in fantasy? 
I've got him in tout, and I'm just lukewarm. I actually thought about cutting him to recoup the fab dollars, and okay. I did. I kept him, but I'm not. I'm not. You know, you can hear it. I'm not. I'm not impressed by his potential for the final three and a half weeks. I'll be watching Aaron Nola and Trevor Bauer in Cincinnati. It's on ESPN Plus at 6:40 p.m. Eastern Time. If Bauer gets lit here, yep. I mean. How much more can fantasy managers take? We've seen Bauer just be terrible in August for the Reds, and we don't know why. Uh, he's still getting strikeouts, but something's not right with him. If the Phillies light him up, do you drop Bauer? Yeah, I think we're at that point. I, I think we already we already had that, that very opening discussion on the last show, and it's going to ring even louder. Not only that, during the entirety of the holiday weekend, I noticed that the industry itself is starting to talk about how much do you trust Bauer for 2020 draft? So the question is getting <laughs> exponentially louder. And and it's, I mean, he's a good pitcher. He was a borderline top 10 starting pitcher for four months of the season and in drafts. His next start after Philadelphia is at Seattle. Can't do much better than that. After that, it looks like it would be at the Cubs. That's not good. Then home Milwaukee. So, you can make the case. I guess you want him for next week at Seattle, though. I mean, like, how can Trevor Bauer get lit up at Seattle? How can he get lit up with a couple of the matchups that he's had lately, however? And if he does today, how comfortable can you feel about it? The thing that really bothered me about it is that the at Pittsburgh matchup yeah, was a that's, gimme. Yeah, that's how do you mess that and up? And he got slaughtered. He got slaughtered. Well, he lost barely to San Diego. He lost St. Louis, hit him. I don't know. I I, I want to see what he does. I guess we'll talk about it on Thursday's show. Uh, so far as a red, it's an incredibly small sample, but he's got an extreme home road split. ZRA uh, is over eight. No, I mean, in in Cincinnati. Oh it, no, I mean overall. Okay, well that you can't judge that. It's, it's right, made five it's, starts it, overall, right? It's two strong quality starts in the home games, and then it's four road starts where he fell considerably short of the quality start standard, and he got killed in three of them. All right, that's the first half of our show. Coming up next, myriad hash browns. All right, let's take a look here at your questions. Still ask them, and we will still answer them. First up is Benjamin Button, probably not the real one. Will Gavin Lux help me for the fantasy postseason? Give me, um, we do think he's going to play more than Kyle Tucker will in these final four weeks. He may not bat at the top of the lineup, although you can't tell from his debut. He's, is he a guy that will, give me, give me his numbers. Say I, say I give you a hundred plate appearances, which is probably a lot. For a month. Yeah, for a month it's probably like okay, 75. 75 plate appearances for Lux this month. What do you what do you expect out of him? He's not a big base stealer. He stole three out of six attempts at triple A. Well, actually he's ten of sixteen this season because he played at two levels, Tulsa and the double A and then triple A. So ten steals and sixteen chances. He can run. Mm-hmm. Obviously major power. Man, what do you I what do you think? What do you think for next year? Because we already talked about it for this yeah, year. 75, I think he's going to give you somewhere in the range of a 280 average and four Five homers? Yeah, maybe five homers. Four, four or five. Um, and, and I think that's going to be relevant. So I, I was faced with the tough decision in my points league where it's a really close race that I don't have a middle infielder because of Fernando Tatis Jr. being hurt. Now, had Tatis been active, of course, obviously I'm starting him as my middle infielder. The guy I was playing before Lux was Josh Van Meter. And the first thing I thought when I was making the decision to put Lux in was I'd split the difference in fantasy value between those two if they had been available. It means he's a clear starter, but I don't think we should be getting the excitement that we have for the other rookies, the Alvarez's and the Tatises and the Alonzo's. All right. 
Travis, looking for a batting average boost down the stretch off the wire in my L only league. Uh I hate chasing that 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 category at this point of the yeah, year. Yeah, you can't anymore. It's hard to move. And then you got good players in slumps like Hoskins was in August. I mean, I I am assuming that in an AL only league you can't get like Hans or Alberto. You can get him in a mixed league. I mean, that guy might win the batting title in the American League, and nobody's talking about him. I picked up Hanser Alberto in um, a league in the final week. This is the final week of the regular season before the playoffs. And I picked up Alberto as my starting shortstop. Um, and I thought, yeah, I could, you know, he could steal a base, a little bit of power. He homered yesterday, but he's not available in AL only. So I don't even know how to answer that. Like, who's available in an AL only? You're in an AL only in labor. There can't be anything available at this point. Uh in, in my yeah, the, the two for the NLs and the ALs this week were uh, Sam Hilliard in the NL and uh, Seth Brown in the AL. But he's but not a batting average guy, right? But but I mean, just to be clear, like these guys are the ones who are immediately gone in those formats. So we're talking beneath that, which usually means it's Tigers regulars or guys who have moved into their regular lineup during the past week, which are not going to be batting average options for you. Uh, the, the one I'm commonly seeing out there is G-Man Choi, who's a matchups-oriented type. You can often pick up a Rays-type player, uh, Nate Lowe, if he can figure himself into the batting Maybe page. Joey Wendell might be out there in your league. Well, not an AL. None yeah, of these guys are AL available in AL only. Right. It's going to be a lot of the guys who got called up, which... Mike Ford, actually, was one of the ones I saw in my AL only leagues. Again, not a batting average guy. I'm not so, going to play because Edwin's back, so Edwin and Voight will be the first base in the DH. Voight, yeah, Voight's... Yeah, Voight's the guy blocking the path there. Not that Mike Ford is deserving of, like, a shot every day. I mean, but if you played him every day, you might do what Christian Walker's doing this year. <laughs> like, it's, it's anybody. Play anybody, and they're going to do something. Um, okay, so one who got activated. I was unsure how to play this one. Williams has to deal. You want to talk batting average, that's what he is. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. He, he's no, no walks, no strikeouts, modest power, and a catcher. But again, I mean, doesn't first he? And second, I believe. Yeah, he's got. He's probably rostered in that in AL only anyway. Anyway, let's move on. Um, this oh, is Nick a- Solak. Yeah, but he's got to be gone. Yeah, he's playing probably, every day. Probably, yeah, yeah. Oh, and the, however you pronounce his name for the Twins, uh, Arias. Arias. But I bet he also is probably spoken for in AL. He's only. like Asadio. It's, it's no walks, no strikeouts. But that's another guy where you can do the mix and match thing, and the schedule leans toward. Well, this week's already begun, so you can't even. So lock the it Twins in. have already set the major league record for homers. If Jake Cave hits, I think two more, three more, he'd become the twelfth Twin to reach double digits this season, and that would tie the record of last year's Yankees. Not yeah. that that matters. Eric writes, speaking of twins, how comfortable are you with Michael Pineda the rest of the way? Let's check out his schedule. Because really, that's all that it comes down to at this point. Yep. I mean, you asked me if I like a pitcher like Bauer. I'm going to look at the schedule, and I'm going to see that Seattle outing. Be- before you look, though, don't you? D- doesn't your gut tell you you feel generally comfortable with him? Other than the injury risk, don't yes. you feel comfortable? Yes, I, I do now. Um, he's pitched well enough. Um, there obviously is risk of injury. But then I look at the schedule. Home Cleveland later this week. Eh. Home Washington next week. Eh. Um, uh, home White Sox. Okay. Final two weeks are amazing. And then at Detroit, at Kansas City, if they let him. Like, see, the other thing is Minnesota is probably going to win their division. I think we can say that for certain now. Um, you know, why risk Pinade in the final week? They may not pitch him at all. That would be a little bit of my worry, yeah, because of the. Or like a three inning outing. 
The, the, the move to put Kyle Gibson on the IL did suggest to me that the Twins are easing the workloads a little bit. Not only that, they pushed back Jose Barrios from today. Uh, who's the uh, Dolbnak? I don't know who their number two starter is in the playoffs after Barrios. Could be Pineda, could be Odorizzi. Oh, anyway, good I, question. Yeah. I mean, that's something to think about here because... But then again, like even if like Pineda pitches the final day of the season on a Sunday at Kansas City, game two of the playoff series wouldn't be till like the following Saturday, right? Or Sunday maybe. So he would have time. I don't know. I I trust him in a general sense. You could probably do better in a mixed league, but moving on. Pat is Jake Wagspack the real deal? Outperforming his minor league numbers and looks the part. So for people who don't know who that is, <laughs> that, <laughs> and a lot probably don't know who he is. Yeah, this is um, a 25-year-old right here, a, a big, tall guy, six six. Uh, I think he was in the Philly system for a long time, and they didn't. He was a starter. Numbers were nothing special, and his numbers at AAA Buffalo this season were certainly nothing special. Strikeout per inning, but high ERA, high WHIP, gives up a lot of hits. He's a very hittable pitcher. ERA so far in the majors, 397, whip 1.27, too many walks, and he's probably been a little fortunate with his batting average on balls in play. His FIP is 4.73. Um, I've seen him a few times. I knew him from the minors. I am out. I do not want him. Um, next start is against Tampa. I mean, I guess in an NL only, you do what you got to do, right? I mean, I've got players in my NL only that w- I would never think about in a mixed league, but... In a mixed league, I don't think this guy is somebody you want to invest in. Do you? I, I don't. Um, it's a sub twenty k uh, k rate. Um, that not wild about guys like that, especially ones who lack velocity. He's a cutter thrower, and that's really all he is, which means he screams Phillies prospect of five years ago. So shocking! Five years ago, he was a Phillies prospect. Phillies just don't develop starting pitching, folks. I mean, Aaron Nola was different. That was a top five, top ten pick. But, I mean, you look at the rest of their rotation this year, all fell apart. Um, there's not much in the minors. I guess Spencer mm-hmm. Howard could be great. Sixo Sanchez could be great for Miami. But they had some not developed starting pitching, and this is another example. They, they dumped them. This is the this is the Aaron Loop acquisition, I think. Was that how they got him? I'm trying, I don't even remember how it was. I the, don't remember. This is what bothers me about the Blue Jays situation is that they have more interesting prospects who are still in the minors. And we mentioned two of them before about Yeah, but uh, why risk them? Why, why, I wouldn't call it Nate Pearson because, if I were the Blue Jays. Because they don't have anything. They, they, they are such a patchwork, uh, pitching staff. There's, there's no better example in the majors right now of a patchwork pitching staff than the Toronto Blue Jays. They're throwing anybody out there. I expect to see Clayton Richard, who's now a reliever, probably to get a spot or opener start at some point soon. Wakespeck's only there just because they he's don't. Just, they're filling the much. season, and he's not right. going to be around next year. Joe writes, Sean Manea looked good on Sunday. Is he worth a flyer rest of the season? If I said to you, Manaya versus Michael Pineda the rest of the season, who would you take? I'm aggressive here, and I say it's Manaya. Now he, that was at Yankee Stadium. Yes, it was, and he looked good. He looked good. He looked like uh, he was strong. Uh, there's no more of an injury risk on Manaya than there is on Pineda. They're both playoff team. Well, Oakland may not be a playoff team, but they're good. The uh, A's. The tough part for the A's is that they now today begin a very long stretch without a day off. That's why they're doing the six-man rotation thing with Manaya. Now, that's going to hurt his number of starts. It means he might only get four more, but they have a great schedule. Well, next outing is supposed to be this Sunday against Detroit. That's pretty good. After that, at Texas, I don't think that's as bad as people think. That is a, other than the ballpark, that is a very good matchup. 
after that, might be home Texas. He's going to miss the Royal Series if they stay on schedule here. Yep. Could Texas start, at home was a great matchup. Uh, could start against Seattle the final week. I liked his matchups better than Pineda's. Yep. Uh, I, w- I would agree with you there on Manaya. They what just about, might have him on a pitch count that Pineda's not. I don't know. We'll what see. about Manaya versus Homer Bailey, his teammate? Yeah, Homer Bailey got the write-up in the forecaster preview, uh, and he's in the same situation with the six-man thing. I think he's given more pitches, but I think Manaya's got considerably better stuff. I'll go Manaya there, but it's close. All right. Uh, more questions here. This is um, this is Chris Preston. What order do you rank the following starting pitchers for 2020? Brewster Greaterall, that's the Twins prospect who got called up. Mm-hmm. McKenzie. Who's McKenzie? That's uh, Tristan McKenzie. <laughs> Tristan McKenzie of Cleveland. He's not going to be up next year, right? I think we could see him. And Aaron Savali, who's up now and pitching fine. Uh, not a big strikeout guy. He's like Bieber. Like, well, if he's like Bieber, he's well, great. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's not like Bieber in that, in the strikeout potential. Or, but Bieber wasn't supposed to be this either. I, I compared Savali and Bieber when they were minor leaguers. But, I mean, I guess Savali could make strides the same way. I don't know if Greaterall is in Minnesota's rotation. I don't know if McKenzie's up in the majors. Savali seems like, like a borderline number five starter right now. You agree with that? I think that's about right for them. Uh, the Savali Bieber comp. Is, is only goes so far. It's the walks. It's the control. That's and I see what you're seeing with that. But I feel like it's remember Bieber's cop was Doug Fister. He was ground balling, strike throwing guy. Not anymore. No, <laughs> oh, I know. He's. It, I mean, the strike not he, the same. Anymore. He's not going to win most improved player, Shane Bieber. But he should be on the list of of candidates, right? I mean, I'm not. I'm trying to think who should win the most improved player, and I I could look at the player rater and find out pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, at the All Star break, it was probably Tommy Lastella. But <laughs> well, who is it? Like, that's a good question. Who would be most the improved? most yeah. most improved player right now? Is it Devers? Um. I, th- I think Marte might be there. The most important improvement was made by Colin, Cody Bellinger. Well, he was already a star. He's a mega star now. If you ask me who's to be the most improved, Bieber will be on that list along with Cattell Marte is going to hit 35 home runs. You may not like him for next year, do, but do that's, that's a huge improved. improvement. But do you think he's genuinely improved? Oh, my God. Of course he's improved. You didn't think Marte would hit 15 home runs. Now he's going to hit 35. That's improvement. That's, that's, come on, you gotta we'd give get, him credit. Get, Lucas Giolito would be right there with Bieber. Giolito is probably the guy. How is Marte not improved, Tristan? I mean, you can give I, him credit. Come because on. Because I'm, I'm not looking at it the way you're describing right now. I, I get it with the numbers, but, I, Cody Bellinger's improvements are substantially more important than Cattell Marte's this year. Not even in the ballpark. All right. I'm talking about the skills related ones because I can see what they are for Bellinger. I'm I'm happy to hear a case of Marte, but somebody give me what are the skills related improvements that Mar- that Marte made? More power, but does the ball play a lot in that? Well, of course it does. It does for everybody, but we didn't think Cattell Marte was going to be a 20 home run hitter, and he's going to sell past 35. So I, I think that that's a huge improvement he's made. And I, this is going to sound. There's not crazy. a lot of guys that have done this, Tristan. I mean, Listella did it, but like, right. There's not a ton of players right now who are going to hit 35 home runs, and we just thought there's no power there. We thought Solaire had power. We thought Crone had power. I mean, this right. is different. So actually, Solaire belongs on this list too. He has made some considerable improvements that sure. you can see. Sure. The the. 
the re- it's as crazy as the sounds to people who are hearing it. The reason I say this about Bellinger is that the last I checked, which was three or four days ago, he was the major league's leader in left-handed weighted on-base percentage against left-handed pitchers. This is a guy that Dodgers couldn't even play in the postseason two You're, years yep, ago. That's fair. That's all fair. That's, By the way. That's all I'm getting at. Your boy Mondesi comes back Sunday, steals three bases on four out of five. Oh. Nobody had him active. Yeah. Like the Royals didn't say he was going to play that week. And and everybody missed it. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. And and he's not allowed to dive. He's allowed to slide, but not allowed to dive, which is one of the oh, most ridiculous things I've heard. What do we make of him? I dove more in my softball game this weekend than <laughs> Mondesi did in his. Come on, man! You gotta you gotta play it safe. Don't take these risks. Nah, my season's like pretty much over, so I might as well. If I break something, I break something. Then I don't how, have to shovel snow. How are you gonna lift those sandwiches if you break something? Well, I I've got two hands. <laughs> I don't know. Some of those sandwiches require two hands. You know, I could lift sandwich? a sandwich with my feet. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Uh, Eric Anderson has a question. Two-week playoffs start next week in a 10-team head-to-head. I've had John Carlos Stanton and Corey Kluber in my two DL slots. Is there any chance either of them come back in time? Stanton and Kluber, Tristan, what's the update? Because I don't know. <laughs> uh, both those teams need them for the playoffs for sure. The Kluber one, I don't have a, a more recent update other than they had shut him down. Has he resumed throwing yet? I don't believe so. Okay. Um, Stanton is not up to the point of taking BP yet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave Stanton though. I mean, look, if you, if you have the DL slot, keep it. But if I was choosing one of these two to help you in the, in the last two weeks, it'd be Kluber. Yeah, Kluber has no updates since they're being shut down. So the way I'm looking at it, if, if today they're not doing baseball activities as of right this minute as we're recording, they're looking at final week of the year, getting them ready solely for the playoffs because they need them. Stanton, Kluber, Joey Gallo. Gallo might come back soonest. Gallo, actually, they, he's swinging. Updated, they said today he's at least two weeks away. And there's only three and a half left. Which, why rush him if there's any mild? Why would they back? even bring him back at all? I, I know, and I agree with you on this one. Why Why bother? He said, he said yesterday he's still a couple of weeks away. <laughs> I mean, uh, this why is bother? Kevin Leary. Who would you keep in an on-base percentage dynasty league? A max of four. Uh, Bo Bichette, $10. That's pretty good. Yep. Alberto Mondesi at 15 Won't help you on base, but can steal 50 bases. Pretty good. Uh, Michael Brantley, $17. Bregman is 25 I love that price. J.D. Martinez is 34 I don't love that price. Charlie Blackman is 35 I don't love that price. Bregman first. Probably yes. Bregman first. Bichette second. Yes. Mondesi third. Brantley fourth. I might make the case for Brantley third, but I, I like where you're going with Mondesi. It's a wide range, but the importance of the steals. Yeah, I, I'll go with your order. And Bre- Breckman, by the way, the reason we're saying that at 25, that's the most important keeper. You, there's something to be said for the stars who are priced appropriately. Uh, Steven Donoski, is Byron Buxton droppable in redraft? Yeah. He might be a defensive replacement and pinch runner right now. He's not going to help the Twins very much this month. Um, what do you give me? I'll give you. See, I can't even give you 500 play appearances for Bucks in next year. <laughs> oh, please do. How sad is please that? Please do. I've got him. I've got shares in keeper leagues. Lost upside, but like even in a dynasty, do you want Buxton anymore? You can't. You can't trust the guy to stay healthy. I want to want Buxton, but you can't. But I can't. Can't do it. I, I feel the same way about him as I do about Nomar Mazzara. I feel about the same way about him. Who is the, 
Who was last year's guy that I just was giving up on? And you know what? He could go and Adrian Beltre it to me. I mean, you know, like Beltre, the year I gave up on him was that crazy year in L.A. I mean... 48 homers? Yeah. I mean, what's the best Buxton could do, though? Like, 18 to 20 homers, 40 steals? Like, we're going to keep waiting for this? If he I mean, that, that, would be a, that would be a monster, but... Yeah, yeah. Unless he bats 240, that's pretty much that's just about a first rounder yeah but i think we can realize that's not happening uh jonesy what kind of value does ronnie rodriguez have 12 team mixed there's some value there he's gonna play there's your tiger who's gonna show up on nail only free agent lists because when i scroll through mine he's there There aren't many tigers Never, never walks never walks 225 batting average but some power of late Ugh, I don't want him. He's he's filling at bats for them. A little bit of pop could occasionally no give you singles. A it's basically a homer or nothing. No, I'm out. That can't be our final question. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm right. No, I mean, no, I that's, agree. that's agree. craziness. Like they were talking about him. I'll see if I can find one for you. Hold on. Uh, where's my page here? Here's here a Melvin go. Gordon question. No, I don't think we want no. that one. <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to end his holdout and play for the Detroit Tigers? They could really use him right now. What a mess, huh? What a mess. And Ezekiel Elliott, who knows? Um, yeah, I've got one about starts. One start with the sole purpose. This is Rob Raines. Need one start with the sole purpose of keeping ratios down. Maeda versus Colorado, of course. He didn't even start that game. Well, yeah, so... <laughs> Sonny Gray or Tony Gonsolin? Okay, man. I mean, like, we let me look at Gonsolin because Gonsolin is a guy who could. I mean, I'm not just talking about him because I added him in an important league. I I think he's really good. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that. Why would they decide to go May in relief and not Gonsolin? If they think that May's. The, I guess May's a better prospect, so they want him for the playoffs. Gonsolin this week, Friday night against the Giants at home. Love that. He's yeah. on the schedule for the following Friday at the Mets. Yep. So they're going six man. Yeah. After that would be a home matchup with the Rockies. I love that. Yep. And maybe the final week at San Francisco. So that's a really good schedule for Tony Gonsolin. It really is. Uh, if they if they if lock they let him, him in, do it. Yeah. But I mean, they, he's on the schedule on ESPN for at least two more starts: Giants and then at Mets. I don't really love the at Mets lineup. Uh, you know, against Syndergaard, I don't like that at all. Bearing in mind, we got to say that that go, looking beyond our next shows. Yeah, it's dangerous. At this point of the year is incredibly dangerous. But if you have, like, Dustin May is rostered in a lot of leagues. Gonsolin should be the pick over Dustin May. Hey, you know what? Actually, I did get a question over the, the weekend, and I'll, I'll cite Ryan, Ryan Leggy, Leggy, L-E-G-G, um, about Trevor Richards, because he was curious about his starting status. This brought in the point of followers. And in September, with everything changing, how do you feel about the start ca- starts caps leagues, the follower types? Do you trust those? What do you need to see in order to uh, to start one? Well, Richards is supposed to start today against Baltimore, right? That's correct. Yes, but he's so, traditionally a follower, right? But he's starting. I think that's a, he could go five innings there, right? So if you're looking at it that Trevor Richards is going to pitch every fifth day and he's going to throw roughly four to five innings, so that's going to hurt you in quality starts and wins potential. Are you on board with those? And when are you? Like, when's the right time? There is no right time. <laughs> it's hard to know. But I think I think they'll give him enough length that he could be like a Ryan Yarbrough type. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to say yes to him. I, I would agree. And I think that in your leagues where you have caps, I had one where I just got knocked out in my first playoff matchup. Uh, when I don't have a guy starting, I'm picking up these followers and just going with some volume. You He'd lost? Be a good one. You lost the league. 
I lost. I, I scored a ton of points, and so did my opponent. So yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, that is all for today. Thank you so much for listening to our little show. We will be back on Thursday to preview the next weekend. That's how we do it here on Fantasy Focus Baseball. Recapping weekends, previewing weekends, talking prospects, injuries, hash browns, all the like. Thanks so much to the awesome Tarika Foster for producing today's fine show. For Tristan, I am Eric. Have an awesome week. Everything is awesome. Darkness.